You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Making Waves Welcome to Making Waves. This is episode 90. Number 90. This is our Halloween edition for 2022. So we couldn't think of anyone better than, uh, well, a friend of Chad's that now I am becoming friends with. So everyone, please welcome Miles Yurfirth. Is that Did I spell it right? Yurfirth? Did I say it right? It's uh, Erfirth. Erfirth. Miles Erfirth. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a, a mouthful, mouthful brother. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, Miles, he, he, Miles is one of those... Miles has a Y in his name too, so we got to we got to deal with that. Well. Uh, it's he's the Bob Blah Blah of uh, hor- horror directors. He is, <laughs> he, is, he is he is the Bob. That's where we're going. So anyway, Miles, thanks for joining us, man. We really appreciate it. Um, we were talking before we started uh, about how we were making waves, is trying to kind of we all want to branch out from time to time, and and you know music is our thing, but film is so closely related as far as a creative endeavor and the people who make it are, are just as much uh, kind of outlier creatives. Um, so, uh, you know, we spoke about earlier having, you know, Bill Mosley on, which is a horror icon. And now we have you and you, you, you work more behind the scenes as a, as a director, uh, writer, and, uh, I imagine cinematographer at some point in your life. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, did you, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. um, Tell us about you, man. I mean, I know your horror is kind of your thing. What I'm really interested in, I was just seeing this thing. You just, you also do music videos. So let's talk about that to kind of ease us in here. So you've worked with the band Twisted and also someone I find super interesting, Dan, and Danny Filth from Cradle of Filth. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, how, how was that meeting of the minds? <laughs> that, that was super cool, man. Um, you know, I actually met Twisted through Chad and, uh, you know, they, they pretty much at, at first, everybody kind of was, you know, feeling each other out. And then we ended up going with um, more of like, it was supposed to, supposed to be like all four videos kind of thread together to make a story. And, okay. um, you know, the, the album was called unlikely prescription mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it, it was like a mad scientist I guess. And, mm-hmm. he had, you know, basically like all these different creatures that like in, in the end, it kind of built up to making his own serial killer and unleashing him on uh, rural Michigan. And uh, that's kind of where, where it went. But uh, the Danny Filth thing, that was kind of like a, a sidetrack on the storyline. And that was uh, neon vamp. And mm-hmm. basically, you know, the mad scientist injects this, uh, you know, sleeping girl 
in, in rural Detroit or rural Michigan. And she kind of wakes up a vampire and, you know, wreaks havoc, you know, on who, who's ever in her path, basically. Yeah, it's funny because we had Twisted on. Uh, oh, did you? Yeah, we had them on uh, months back. And, and it's funny because obviously the, the ICP thing, they get kind of lumped together. But Twisted was always the darker version of what they were doing, right? Like kind of the horror the kind of the horror sect of what that whole that whole thing is. So working with you it just it, and, and Danny, that now it makes sense now talking about it and thinking about their direction and angle and stuff like that. I got to ask you, like, it's something when we ever asked this in the music, I said, what what took you to A, to film and wanting to be a creative in that in that industry? And also, I'm sure you do things outside of horror, but horror is kind of your thing. What led you to that uh, genre in particular? You know, um, growing up, I was always a horror fan. And, you know, when I was a little kid, like I was always drawn to films like, you know, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman and, you know, Psycho. You know, I was always just sneaking behind my parents, you know, backs at the video store trying to grab like whatever horror movie I could and bring it home and, you know, shuffle it between whatever games or videos I was allowed to play or watch. And, uh, you know, I, I traumatized myself over and over <laughs> again because I'd sit up at night like, you know, fuck, man, like horror. You know, I was always drawn to like, you know, kind of the darker shit. And then um, basically, I didn't really think that I could ever like make my own movies or make my own music videos. And my parents always like drilled it into me like, you know, well, you could always be whatever you want to be if you you know, try hard enough. And then like one day I just woke up and I was like, you know, I'm going to go for it. And, uh, moved out to LA, started working on ABC's wipeout and, uh, ended up the game show. Yeah. Yeah. The game show <laughs> and ended up kind of cutting my teeth there through a family friend and, uh, you know, operated cameras and kind of, that's where I learned how to shoot and things like that. And then, Moved to Miami for a couple of years and I, I did hip hop videos with like Lil Wayne and Birdman and guys like that. And I would always shoot. And then, you know, I, I started like watching and being like, you know, I can do I can do that guy's job. I can direct, you know. And so the, so I started writing and I was like, you know, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to make my first horror short. And so I did. And I uh, submitted it to film festival and ended up winning a couple prizes and then uh i got hired to direct this movie called crocodilis mm -hmm. and it was a uh basically a, a crocodile man you know creature feature that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so amazon ended up licensing it for amazon prime mm -hmm. and uh i moved back to la and you know kind of fell into a niche of, of being kind of like the horror guy. And then, you know, I, I meet, you know, kind of like-minded artists who are musicians and, you know, make videos for them if they're drawn to darker things. And I actually, uh, there's this artist named Eva Torek who I recently worked with and uh, I got to like recreate my version of hell basically. Mm -hmm. uh, through VR and green screen and things like that. So that's coming out, coming up. And uh, yeah, working with Twisted was great. You know, they're like just as sick as I am. 
you know, down for down for whatever. Like, you know, you want to smash people. One of the videos was called Corkscrew. And basically that was the, the culmination of all these videos. And, uh, you know, that was the one where we had this kind of masked psychotic man run around Michigan and kill people with a giant corkscrew. Funny enough, I still have a lot of those corkscrews in my kitchen. <laughs> the, uh, it, it's funny you you speak about how you got to, you, you reminds me of Adam Green. Remember Adam just make that, uh, he, he, got, he basically took a, he was down in New Orleans, took a video camera like on a little bayou tour and like stuck the camera over the, over the water and just basically put a, a sound bite over it. And basically, said he created a trailer for a movie that never existed. And the guy was like, we want you to do this. And he's like, I guess I'll figure out how to make this movie now. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a good thing. When you get put into a corner, you're like, well, it's shitters women. The thing about horror, independent horror, and I think it kind of goes back to you talking about like watching those films like Psycho. I mean, Hitchcock at that time had... He had some, you know, he, he, he was lauded in the industry, but let's take Carpenter during their first Halloween, scrapped together $300,000, found a producer who'd go for it. And uh, there's no gatekeepers in, in independent horror. It's like, make it great. You know what? Because content right now is all these Amazon and everyone, Netflix, Hulu, they all want content. So quite honestly, it doesn't always have to be top level stuff or stuff you might go, I'm into horror, but you know, like the premise of the movie you made, you're kind of like, it's, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek and fun. It's like, you know, it's kind of like a take on a manor tour. <laughs> yeah. So well, I mean, that was, that was the thing, too, is like the guy that came, the, that approached me to make it, um, he's like, you know, I, I'd like you to direct this film. And I was like, eh, you know, like a, a giant crocodile terrorizing a town because that's what it was originally. Um, I'm not I'm not really interested in that. And he's like, well, mm -hmm. what if? what if I gave you complete creative control? And I was like, well, then I'd make it a crocodile man. And like, so I wasn't really into CGI and things like that. And so anything practical where I can control the effects, especially with mm -hmm. low budget horror, um, you know, I was, I was totally into that. And uh, it, it's a fun movie, you know, and as long as you go into it, watching it, you know, thinking, oh, I'm going to have fun rather than like, oh, I'm going to be scared. You know, and I think that that's, that's a whole genre in and of itself, too, because, like, you know, the Terrifier 2 that's, like, you know, making all these headlines right now, mm -hmm. I saw it twice. It's, like, it's more fun than scary. Yeah. You know, people just go to that because they want to see the violence. Yeah, because gore gets to a point where it, like, steps over that line to where it just becomes silly. And that's the great thing about, like, you're talking about, like, hey, I've got the small budget. It's going to be, it's going to have fun with it because you, trauma and Tox Avenger let people have that freedom to like, you know what? It's just going to be silly because we don't, the audience knows we only have like 50 grand or whatever to spend on this film. So at some point, yeah. Terrifier too. Like it's like, <laughs> it stuff does not happen. So we're just going to take it so far over the top that it's just fun at that point, you know? Yeah. And that, that movie's just mm -hmm. blowing up right now. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. The whole so the crocodile guy chattel, I had to get this thought, thought off my head. Talk about the crocodile guy. If you're a 12 year old to 18 year old kid right now, unless you're really dialed in, Jaws doesn't mean a lot to you. It that's something my dad watched or my grandfather. But you know what does Sharknado? Yeah, <laughs> that means a shit ton to you. So yeah. you know what is like you didn't have to put out a Lake Placid type movie, you know, with the whole crocodile scheme and like exactly. you create this other thing. Yeah.
Yeah. And it, it was so much fun. And, uh, you know, I got to work with all my friends down there in Florida. Like they have their own kind of talent pool to pull from as far as like, you know, uh, actors and actresses go but yeah with that like i dp'd uh, i was my own cinematographer i edited the whole thing myself um lit it myself like it was pretty much the the one-man band and yeah, uh, what was uh what was it rebel without a crew is that rodriguez's book yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, it definitely wasn't anything close to what robert rodriguez put out but uh you know i don't know dude Cro- I what was the one he did there in correlation with uh, Tarantino, the the uh, the Grindhouse one? What was what was his? Planet Terror. Yeah, yeah, this that, is better <laughs> in my in my opinion. I like that better than the uh, Death. The Death Proof. Death Proof Death was, Proof. dude, that was a godhead movie. That was awesome, man. Death Proof is incredible. It's a good movie. I preferred if I when I watched both of them back to back. I just preferred the Rodriguez. You like Rose McGowan? Just give in, bro. Just give in. I totally <laughs> forgot she was even in that film. But yeah, that leg, that, the gun leg that she had, that was badass. You know. Um, but I wanted to kind of like speaking of like satirical, almost horror films, um, like a Dale and Tucker. T- what does that mean to you, Dale and Tucker versus Evil? Are you are you into stuff like that too? Um, you know, it's weird because I just had this. Uh, this conversation the other day with a buddy of mine. Cause like, you know, I'll go out with guys that are like, you know, like super me. hot. Yeah. Super hot dudes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like me and my buddies will go check out a horror film or whatever that will nerd out afterwards and be like, yeah, well, and then, you know, Dale and Tucker versus evil got brought up and Shaun of the dead. And, you know, I, I haven't like really dove into any of those. Like, I just feel like the horror comedy just isn't for me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like stuff that's supposed like, like the terrifier is about like, as, as far as I'll go into that lane, because I don't know. I, I, I just, I can't get into it. It's kind of like, I never really got into, um, you know, like the, the spoof films so much. Like Naked Gun and Naked Gun or Scary Movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Like, I just, I couldn't do it. I mean, the first Scary Movie, there's parts of Scary Movie, you know, with the, uh, is it Andy Dick? Yeah. He's playing the the butler. Oh, no, no, that's uh, Chris. Chris Elliott. Yeah, Chris Elliott. Oh, I forget about Chris Elliott. (laughs) My germs. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. You can never get away with that nowadays. Speaking of spoofs, real quick. If we're in this talking spoofs, even though they're about as good a spoof and as ta- more talented than any original band doing any even original music, Steel Panther, what's your connection? <laughs> Steel Panther. Yeah. Uh, so my buddy Ben, he uh, he manages them. And, uh, you know, he called me up and he's like, hey, man, we're, we're looking for some girls to uh, to be in this new video coming out. No, he's like, do you know any? I was like, yeah, yeah, I could, you know, I, I know some some actresses that I could hook you up with. And, uh, you know, I was like, when, speaking of actors and actresses, when do I get to be in a Steel Panther video? Because, like, I've, I've always been, I've always been a big Steel <laughs> bucket Panther list. Fan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> big bucket list item. And he goes, you want to be in the video? I'm like, yeah. So uh, I didn't even know what I was going to do. And he, they were like, oh, well, you're going to be a Scruber driver. And I'm like, okay. And then like, you know, it's funny because anybody that knows me, I don't really like uh, drink or smoke or smoke weed or whatever. And then uh, when I showed up, they're like, okay, so when you pull up, there's going to be like 
clouds of smoke, like billowing out of the car. You're going to be ripping a bong. And I was like, sick. (laughs) I I got, yeah. So I got to be in the video and uh, it was called, uh, it's never too late to get some pussy tonight. <laughs> right. Yeah. I forgot yeah. about the name of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. quite the quite the uh the swallow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Jeez. So that was that was fun telling my parents, you know, yeah, mom and dad I'm in this music video. They're like, what's it called? I'm like, oh it's it's never too late to get some pussy. <laughs> and your dad's like, hell yeah. yeah. That's that's fucking right. What time yeah. is it? Yeah, yeah, 10 no, p.m. is usually my cutoff. Um, I just caught the name of the the Scruber is what you were driving, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The Scruber driver. So, uh, yeah. They pitched it to you too, that, that terminology. They're like, yeah, so we need somebody to be the Scruber driver. And you were, did you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm in. You were like, I don't even know what that is, but, uh, you know, camp steel Panther. I was there. Yeah. So then to top on that about your bucket list, uh, how close to working with Mario Lopez uh, <laughs> was that to your bucket list? Did he did he make it at least in the top ten or what? No, yeah, working with Mario Lopez was definitely in the top ten. Um, I directed this video recently for these guys, Yachtly Crew, and uh, super what? super fun. What super are they? Fun guys. If you oh, like Steel like- Panther. And you like the yachts, and you like oh, like like yeah, Michael McDonald's, yes, but it's oh, like a yeah. spoopy kind of like okay, yeah. yachtly crew. All right, yeah. and he's in it. Oh yeah, so uh, Mario Lopez is he's in it, man. You um, wearing a tank top? So base, he's he's the bartender in the video, and uh, that was Hotel that was super only. cool, man. You know. At, at first, I was like yachtly crew. I didn't know what to expect, and I got invited to go check them out live and uh you know huge crowd kick ass everybody was into it wearing yacht hats and uh it's it's a vibe man it's like yeah i i had no idea there's this whole like yacht rock subculture yeah and uh it goes hard uh, too right yeah yeah it, it, they're like these people funny are, thing you know, is those people don't they generally kind of it's irony right because they don't like own those record control records and they wouldn't go see like the doobie brothers live right but they certainly want to hear somebody doing a spoof on the doobie brothers because it's it's still kind of cool because you're making fun of this genre but now you've actually made it cool so now you're part of the cool part of that genre well i don't want to say that they're like making fun of it per se yeah, like no not like, making fun of it, but like you know making not making light they, they have to somehow because you know if they go around their friends they're like usually going to modest mouse and stuff like that and going yeah dude i'm gonna go over and check out kenny Loggins. they're gonna be like you're gonna do fucking what yeah yeah but if it's uh, done this way oh yeah i mean it's like it's it's a fucking party man and like, oh yeah everybody's hammered and they're all wearing yacht hats and all like Woo! it's uh wow sounds like ship rocked yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, but I, I think I think they have a residency in Vegas coming up, and uh, you know, <laughs> people, check it out. Yeah, people are wild, and one of their fans was Mario Lopez. And no uh, shit, that's how we that, how happened. And that's that's how those paths crossed. That's so funny. God no shit. So was Lopez like? Hold on, <laughs> let's just not skim past that for one second. Are you saying that Mario Lopez has been in con like at their concert as a fan? Much like somebody that would go see Steel Panther, it was like, oh, dude, I love this band. And then somehow somebody told those guys in the band that Lopez was like 
a deep dog on their dish. And he was all like, what's up, dude? Can you be in our music video? And he said, yes. Is that how it, or did you have to fish that out? How'd that go? I, I don't, I don't know that necessarily the inner workings of behind the scenes. I don't know if he was just like at a show or like when they cross paths, I don't know. Um, I don't know when that, when the magic happened, but um, when I got hired to do the video, they're like, yeah, there's a small possibility for a cameo for Mario Lopez. And um, basically the concept of the video is like, this guy's having a bad uh, song's called sex on the beach. And uh, you know, this guy's having a bad week goes to the bar and he gets teleported um, onto a yacht party with yachtly crew. And uh, you know, the yacht rock fans, some of the fans are on the boat as well. And uh, so he's having a party, he's having a great time, but he's still a little lonely. And uh, insert, you know, the the heroine of the video. Oh. And uh, she orders a sex on the beach as well. And then she's magically transported to the same yacht rock party where Yachtly Crew is present playing. And these two are star-crossed lovers and they just meet and the sparks fly and uh, basically the sex on the beach beverage brings them together. Mm. It's very romantic. And the person what? that serves it up is Mario Lopez. What's in sex on the beach? What are the, what are the ingredients? In Mario's that? jizz, pretty much straight up. <laughs> Only Mario Lopez pretty, jizz. I wrung out a sweatshirt. What? Uh, <laughs> So we don't. No one has a beat on what's in Sex in the Beach. I have no. I, I do. I, yeah, I do. What, it's uh, what would that be? What be that, Chad? Um. Oh no, no. I'm thinking of uh the tequila, orange juice, and grenadine. That's a. Uh, is that Sex on the Beach or is that? I think a, that's Sex. No, it's a tequila sunrise, but it's very it's similar. I think it's, it's just OJ and vodka. It, it's vodka. It's it's similar to that. I know. I feel like there's some grenadine. Tequila Sunrise was a shitty movie that starred fucking. I think Mel Gibson in it. It, it also that? starred me over top of my toilet bowl last year, multiple <laughs> nights as I was delving my life into uh, Tequila Sunrise. <laughs> Fantastic. Over yeah, it's pretty much at bar Tequila at? Sunrise bout, you know? Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, we Somebody get, showed we, it to me. Is that, is that where your bar's at? Above your no, toilet? No, yeah. Yes. Yes. Right next to the toilet. <laughs> I don't know. If you don't make me living. a drink, babe. <laughs> <laughs> I got a question. I got a question. It's a serious question. Okay. Um, so we've talked, we've talked a lot about your, some of your finest moments uh, and your, your come up, but what are some of your favorite films? Like, like it could be horror and maybe it should be. Uh, mm -hmm. because of the time of the year, but I would love to know. I don't think I know what you love. Like if you could watch it again right now. Oh man. Like, uh, my go-tos it's like Halloween three for some reason. Wait, what? Season of the witch. Yeah. Season of the witch, man. You know, it has no, has no correlation whatsoever. Yeah, no correlation, but I just, I really, wow. I'm really into season of the witch. Mm -hmm. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original, you know. Okay. Um, but also, like, House of a Thousand Corpses, uh, you know, that's definitely, like, kind of, like, I grew up, you know, loving horror, but that's kind of what, like, brought me back in. And I was like, man, I didn't even know that, uh, you know, a movie could go this far. 
because when I saw it, I think it was unrated. It was a universal um, in Orlando. And that was the only place that would play it when it first came out. And uh, I saw it on opening weekend. I was like 14 years old, Hmm. Um, you know, and and I was just like enamored because it was like so disturbing (laughs) and like such a kind of like just it it felt dirty to watch. And I felt like um, whatever that feeling was, I always I haven't done it yet. But like, I want to recreate that for somebody else. Like, it's like, I don't know. Um, it's, it's hard to explain. Like when the first time I opened up and listened to the Iowa album from Slipknot, like it just felt terrifying. like I was holding evil. Like I was listening to something I shouldn't be listening to or mm-hmm. like with the House of a Thousand Corpses, it felt like. I was watching something I shouldn't be watching. So like, I I don't know. So that movie was like super special for me. So yeah, it's like psycho Halloween three, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and house of a thousand corpses. I think. So let me, let me ask you. So zombie Rob, Rob zombie, he gets, he he does these movies and people are always kind of give, trying to give it a tag, right? You know, he kind of makes them into kind of hillbilly kind of white trash horror. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is like, Chainsaw, the original, the Toe Pooper one, I mean, that could be seen as being that kind of two, that kind of white trash, but that was only obviously due to budget. Yeah. It was the days of hippies because it was like, yeah. was it 73, 74? And mm-hmm. that's that South Texas at the time, just dirty, felt, you know, it's just dry grass. It's yeah. just a lot of dry fucking grass, right? And then obviously the cannibalism aspect of it. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of funny, but his is seen though, and you look at it and go, wow, that's so stylistic. It's a classic, it's iconic. And then you look at zombies and go, that's just filth. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, how do you, is it because it was just the time or the basically, or people, how people see zombie is like, dude, what are you? What are you, dude? Like, are you, do you get these movies made because it's just your name or whatever? But I thought Devil's Rejects was a, decent film and i thought his retake his remake of halloween was fantastic I again he couldn't too. stop he couldn't stop white trashing up the front part of it but <laughs> I think given that backstory that didn't exist before was a really great touch yeah you know in, so, in my eyes like you know his music aside because like i i like zombie you know yeah, his, his aesthetic is great yeah um mm-hmm. but i feel like as far as move, movies go like he really he can't miss his last one i'm not like the biggest fan of but like which one I, is I, that the the monsters no so i guess yeah that would be the monsters i didn't oh. see the monsters, but i guess the uh the three from hell like yeah uh, yeah yeah I, I 31 was, all that it kind of like blended in i was like is this a i don't know if this is a trilogy or what's going on with that but uh yeah i mean Psycho, I, I, though, like, I like all of his movies imagine Imagine you're 18, 16, 18, and Psycho comes out from Hitchcock. Yeah. And you start going, wow, this is really the the I mean, let's let's talk about it. It's like it's transitioning. And yeah. it, it's brutal horror. It's brutal, you know, no one has told violence like that before. Yeah. It wasn't in universal horror films, Frankenstein Dracula. They didn't have someone getting stabbed in the shower. So no. can you imagine being around at that point. I mean, you want to talk about a game changer. Yeah, I mean, that's super fascinating. And I mean, that's like, you know, really what kind of, you know, it, it was what I, I think I was like eight when I saw it, but I felt like I want to do things like that. You know, like, how do I, 
Oh, make films like that. Okay, yeah, make, sorry. Yeah, sorry like just make the content make, of the film. No, <laughs> yeah, I want to go kill people. Well, I'm going to no. stab a stranger in the shower. Yeah, no, but... Um, kill my mother. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but, you know, the... Uh, that it's, it's shocking. It was shocking to me, you know, and I'm glad I saw it when I did when I was so mm -hmm. young because I feel like if I had saw it when I was desensitized to, you know, the movies a little bit, I wouldn't have appreciated yeah. it as much. But my grandma was like, you know, we were at Universal Studios again and she's like, I found Psycho. It was the backlot tour where they take you through the Psycho house. And oh, wow. uh, when, when we come out the other side, they had Psycho on VHS. And I was old enough to get an allowance. And I saved my allowance for when I went to Universal Studios. And uh, I was like, Grandma, I'm going to buy this movie. And she's like, oh, Miles, you know, would your, would your parents let you watch that? And I was like, yeah, yeah, they don't care. You know, so I, I like bought the movie and, uh, you know, I watched it that night. And I was just like horrified. And I didn't <laughs> sleep all night. Yeah. She's out to like get some water. She's like, Miles, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, Grandma, I can't sleep. She's like, I told you not to buy that movie. So, well, I'll tell you, you know what? F f my fear is still like waking up like at night and just a silhouette of Nosferatu's in my hallway. Yeah. That's still the one that, that just drives me <laughs> into the ground. That whole, I mean, obviously they did the makeup because they had to get far enough away from original Dracula to not get sued. But mm -hmm. he also created this like character, like this wasn't even depicted in the book as a rat, a yeah. human rat. It was just that's the one that gets me. Or like the it, it's funny when you talk about modern horror and we're talking about zombie. I don't know about you, man, but did you ever watch? And what is your take on Thirty Days a Night? Mm. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. You know, there's not, I there's not a lot of horror films that come out that I don't like, and I yeah. think there's this. You know, there's a lot of um, this undertone. So I belong to a lot of little Facebook groups that, you know, people just talking shit about, you know, their latest film that they saw or whatever. But like, yeah. there's, you know, a lot of people will be like, oh, man, that that movie sucked or, you know, they, they just trash the movie, basically. No matter not the 30 days a night, but like, you know, whatever yeah. it is. And, uh, you know, I, I try and stick to things like, you know. Well, that movie wasn't for me or I really enjoyed it because mm -hmm. on the back end, knowing what it takes and knowing that, like, you know, there's like a couple hundred people that avoided time with their families and put a lot of really hard work into these movies. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so but anyways, I, I really enjoyed 30 Days a Night. You know, that was that was kick ass. Yeah. I was just you because you had mentioned uh, I, I feel the same way about that. They probably you way you felt about. Uh, House of a Thousand Corpses is so visceral. Like, yeah, it, it, it's like you know, we, vampires are depicted in all different kinds of ways, right? They 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 glow at night and all this other romantic. They're really just piranhas on the land. Yeah, and I thought that was so great. But we're talking about horror. We always talk about the content, right? That's a scary film, but there's such an artistic. Uh, there's such a, there's such beautiful artistic manners to the way that films are shot whether it's like the panning uh during halloween the original right right no one had used a panavision glide like that before or like the way that like the suspense is done through psycho or jaws right like mm -hmm. how john spielberg goes i don't have any i don't have a, a shark but we're just going to use the music as the shark yeah go, oh man there's just as you know you don't have to have highbrow films or highbrow content to create these beautiful like cinematic experiences yeah 
Is that your take? I mean, is that something you look for when you're when you're working on a project? Like, what is this going to look like? I'm not like the constant gardener. Like, what is this going to look like artistically? Right? Yeah, yeah, and that that does play a big part of it. Um, you know, because you really want to build suspense, and it's like you don't want to show what's around the corner so much as you want to like lead up to like, oh my god, they want everybody to feel right, and I think that's a huge part of the cinematography of it is like, you know, how, and that's why I think horror is so, um, such a cool genre is it's like, to me, like you can get a laugh out of like somebody stubbing their toe. It doesn't take a whole lot to make people laugh, mm -hmm. but like, if you can bring somebody to be scared, yeah, like, that's, that's strong. That's a strong, you know, emotion. So, you know, I think if you can do that with, you know, camera angles and sound design and things like that, like that's, you know, that's what makes horror so powerful, you know, and, and even you could find somebody that's like, oh, I'm not scared. I bet, you know, if they, if you go through the whole library of horror, you find something that's going to bother that person. Oh, if you show them the part where the guy gets thrown into the, uh, the basement during Ill, evil dead he may not be scared but you know he's gonna be he's gonna be shattered he's gonna yeah. be like shaken like disturbed by like this i'm this is so goddamn disturbing <laughs> yeah. um, th this came from someone's mind and someone goes yeah i can do that like so i can concoct that like the makeup guy's going yeah i can do that yeah but um it's funny you mentioned that people are getting scared i think the comedy aspect that you find in horror films to kind of break it up it's like a song right you need that breakdown in a metal song to kind of Bridge. create nuance within the song or the intro, the acoustic intro into the Metallica song. You yeah. just need that thing. And that's what makes the scares so much better. Like, ah, like that scene, like, oh, and two seconds later, they're really hit with the fright scene. And they're like on the, they're, you know, three rows back. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. That's, you know, you gotta, that's the whole, like, you know, it's, it, it is just like a song. You mm -hmm. know, you gotta, you gotta take somebody on an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, going back to vampires, you know, I just watched the, I, I just got invited to a screening of the remake of Salem's Lot. And you did uh, not, dude. It was, it was amazing. It did was probably, I did see the original. Um, uh -huh. So it was, it, it, it's up to par with the original, but I will say it's probably like one of the best horror films I've seen in like the past 10 years. Oh, dude, please tell me you can you can give me this spoiler. Please tell me the uh, floating kids scene with the scratching on the windows in that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't disappoint. And like, ooh, there's just ooh, uh, who plays a vampire? Who plays Barlow? I, I don't I don't know. Who yeah. plays the who plays the hero? Who plays David's soul? You know, there's a like I can't off the top of my head remember because it was like three or four weeks ago. <laughs> okay, uh, but, but it's, it's worthy. Okay, good. It is like it was like I, I went into it thinking like, man, like you know, it's just gonna suck. Yeah, but, you know it. It definitely like it blew me away, and uh, it, I, I highly recommend it. You know, when it, I think it's gonna come out in April. Okay, oh, when it's slated for, but uh, yeah, it, it was so fucking cool. Yeah. I have a question then for you. What's if that? you could remake anything, what would it be? Ooh. I don't know. That's that's a good one, man. No, give I I, I want to hear that too. Give us some thought. And I also want to know who you'd put in the role 
of that movie you pick? Ooh. Like, who's going to be the lead? Like, I'm going to do Psycho, okay, and I'm going to put, you know, whoever in the, you know, Alex Winter. That's a weird name to pick out of the sky to put it in the lead role. <laughs> but yeah. um, it's funny. So speaking of, you know, you talk about, like, like a Salem's like remake. What do you, what are your thoughts on remakes? I love necessary. Remakes. Do you like them? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? I mean, I think, you know, why, why, like it depends. Like I'll, I'll watch them all. Like I recently watched the remake of wrong turn and hmm. uh, it was, it was good too, you know, but I, I think I, I wish they gave more new content a shot. Yeah. You know, yeah, sure. like just just keep. Well, that's, how, that's Hollywood's issue. It's like the original, like you know, we're, original content. You have uncreative bastards. What the hell? Yeah. Um, so let me ask you: Has there been a remake you've seen that you think has topped the original? Top the original. Like, like this is a better thought out version of this movie. You know, I a lot of people disagree with me, but I really, you know, I really enjoy. Um, Rob Zombie's Halloween too, same. You know the second one. Yeah, I agree. I because so I think the, the white horse, one. the white horse thing's a little weird. I think he just. But I'm into he it. To, he needed to put his wife in, right, or the divorce was happening. <laughs> yeah, so this, I just this, like shoehorn her in somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I felt like it was just so weird and like kind of trippy. But it it was yeah. like way more violent and mm -hmm. like way. It was just like, yeah, same same thing with the grittiness. You know, I think they shot that on um, 16 millimeter film and uh, that kind of added to the grain and everything of it. But um, yeah, man, I, I think that that would be, you know, my my top remake or um, they re they don't like necessarily remake the Blair Witch, but there's the most recent version of Blair Witch. Yeah. Pretty good. The first one obviously just hit us because it was so low. No one had done like that found footage thing before, or at least to my knowledge. And that in, they, for such a low budget, and it was, it was original if anything, but it's funny to think about zombies thing. And Rom Zombie when he was taking on the original, like he was scared, like, fuck, I, I've been offered this thing. I don't want to do it, but I need to do it. He's like, he goes, what I always loved about the characters, like, and I think Malcolm McDowell played it the same way Donald Pleasance. Like, you always felt that Dr. Loomis was just as crazy as Michael Myers. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Minus yeah, the killing, he's just in his pursuit of finding <laughs> yeah. this guy. He just seemed to be a little crazy. Yeah. But, uh, so let's talk, let's switch gears. Music was the first album you ever bought with your own money. With my own money, it was um, Paranoid. Oh, you're Sabbath, Paranoid. Sabbath. Okay. Yeah. You basically, yeah. you just bought it. The only album you ever probably ever need. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know, and then um, my birthday following that, my cousin gave me the uh, the Nevermind album. Okay. And uh, so between Nirvana and Black Sabbath, it's just kind of shaped me as a, a little individual. And, you know, that's... It's when, funny because those albums are... Well, they're over, you know, 30 years apart or 20 years apart. But the funny thing is they both changed the landscape when they dropped. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they were both made for the times relatively. Well, Sabbath made 900 pounds. That's how much Paranoid cost to make, right? 900 pounds. <laughs> and then I think, and I think Nevermind was like 30,000. Yeah. So at the time, that's peanuts. Oh, it's just this band from Seattle. Let's see what they can do. Yeah. 
What, I mean, what that, year did um, uh, Paranoid come out? 70, I think. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking up to see what the actual value of 900 pounds was in 1970. That's $24 million. Dollars. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, I, I really, I really love the Iron Man song. And uh, that's kind of what drove me to that. And then I got, then I found out so much more than I bargained for. I was like, oh, oh. you start really delving. If you go back and you get the debut and you go, man, that, that was like, you talked about holding Iowa in your hands. Imagine if you're in 1969 and it's the flower power and then you Sabbath, A, the front cover, the cover art of that album is spectacular with the woman. Yeah. The, I went to that mill three years Did ago. Really? It's, it's in Reading, England and it's a flower mill. I know it takes the sexiness out of it. And all the brush has been pulled away. Bec- and you can go and look at it and stuff like that. But um, what they don't show is right behind it. Like, if you're, like, facing that, right behind it is an old church. And oh. it's a gothic church. From, like, And all the bodies are buried. From, there are World War II casualties. Oh, wow. wow. And all the it's all above ground. It's like, this is so gothic. I'm like, they should have panned and made that the back cover. Right. Yeah. It, but it's so but it's so funny because that woman's identity for decades was unknown. And then they discovered who she was. They the, the photographer like finally put a picture out of her and she just looks like that front cover. You're like she looks like a fucking witch. <laughs> so, yeah, that's just that's but I love that. That's the good thing about like paranoid was supposed to be named War Pigs. Warner Brothers said, no, it can't be named War Pigs because we're in the middle of Vietnam. Yeah. Then they just give it a great cover that's asinine. But now you look at it and you go, this is incredible. Yeah. Well, same with never mind. Yeah. Same with never mind. But um, is there um, I gotta ask you since both of them have made films, Danzig or Zombie? Who's a better director? Oh man, you know I, I'm a big Danzig fan. I love his music. Uh, uh-huh. I, I definitely I, I lean towards Zombie. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. He's had a, he's had a few more chances, I think, at making some stuff. But I do enjoy. Glenn has this thing for spaghetti vampire westerns. Yeah, yeah, and they're they're not bad. I'm not. They're, you know, they're not bad at yeah. all. They're good. Yeah, you know, like because I, said, I guess I he are they comics that he writes out and puts out and then basically turns them into films. Yeah, I think so. Okay. No. Um, <laughs> I didn't even know that Glenn Danzig was a director or made films. Oh yeah, I, I highly recommend you you delve into at least one. Okay, I'll do that tonight. Uh, speaking of tonight and uh, the fact that we're on the Ship Rock podcast, uh, you have some DNA with some of the bands uh, on the ship that have played the ship before, specifically doing music videos and things like that. And I would love to give our, our listeners a chance to, to hear about just how deep your DNA goes with acts like Ice Nine Kills and the live stream concept that you, you did for them. And uh, obviously you know, where you're at with that relationship. Could you give us a little bit of intel? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, So the pandemic was going on and uh, I had previously edited the uh, It Is The End music video for Einstein Kills. And uh, there wasn't like anything to do in LA. It's, you know, and it was like all evacuated and um, not necessarily evacuated, but the streets were empty, right? There'd be like a coffee shop open or like, and there would be random, like not all coffee shops. And like the street was kind of like the walking dead because you'd have like, you know, just the absolute like crazy homeless people would be out. Just like, it, it, it was an adventure. 
basically. Uh, but anyways, I digress. I, uh, I hit up Spencer and I was like, Hey man, you want to want to grab a coffee? You know, we sat there and we talked about horror films, um, you know, and he's like, yeah, well, you know, I, I got this idea for maybe, you know, doing a live stream where, uh, you know, we all, we all end up dead. And I'm like, Oh, that'd be cool. Cause like, you know, those back during the pandemic when everybody was just doing live streams. So then, you know, it got molded and fit into like this, you know, live stream where this pre-recorded performance they did mixed with this horror film that we ended up concocting. And, uh, you know, it, it was super cool. You know, Bill Mosley was involved. Chad was involved. Uh, Chad produced it. (laughs) Chad, you produced it? Yeah. Well, what? I was part of the production. Yeah. I helped put some pieces together, large in part. Uh, Holy shit. Okay. Well, that's a first. Yeah. So it was super cool. Um, I got to play a killer. Um, Actually, we all kind of took turns playing the killer. I I got to slit Bill Mosley's throat, which was, you know, another bucket list moment for me. And uh, you're the, you're the first of many. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was, it was super cool. And then, um, you know, got to, got to work with Spencer again, doing the uh, Elvis video, the Elvis was a remake of can't help falling in love with you, which was also super fun. Um, So yeah, that it's kind of a little bit of my, my history with ice nine. Yeah. And then them being on the ship, uh, at least once, I, I know for sure. Um, it was just, I mean, our ship rock fans love that sort of connection and not just to be, you know, not just Miles, the the director of all these awesome things, but Miles also the director of awesome things that also existed on, you know, the bands uh, on the ship. Steel yeah. Panther's another, you know, Pretty cool. <laughs> Steel Panther. yeah, man. You know, it's kind of cool because, you know, if I never ended up moving out to LA, I wouldn't have, you know, these little things happen, like, you know, get to drive the, drive the Scroober and the Steel Panther video. Or, you know, <laughs> so let me ask you that gone. about like location. It used to be a thing in the music business. Uh, that's cause I, I know that more, but it's just like, you either had to live in New York, LA, or Chicago kind of situation in order to really thing. But now you can basically live anywhere because, you know, airports and everything allow you to do that. Is it the same with film or do you basically, you still have to kind of live in LA or, I mean, I know that places like Georgia and New Mexico and, and uh, New Orleans are filming all the freaking time here in the quarter. So I know there's these incentives for people to work here, but is it necessary still to be in LA to, uh, to do what you do um, or just advantageous? I'd say it's advantageous. Um, like, I can't really speak on anywhere in the country. I just know that, um, you know, in, in Miami while I was there, it kind of felt like I hit a ceiling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's definitely more opportunities out here than, you know, anywhere else I've been in the country. But I can only speak for me personally, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, there's tons of great talent, you know, and filmmakers and actors in New Orleans and Atlanta and New York. And, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. I mean, you always think about those kids are like, you know, probably like, how do I, like when you were growing up, you're like, what do I want to do? I think I want to do this, but I don't live anywhere near there or I'm not involved in that or know anything. 
And maybe yeah. that's a good thing is like these kids go, just keep making those backyard videos with your friends. Who knows it'll come from it and someone will see it. And that's a great yeah. thing about the internet, right? YouTube. Yeah. Is well, the, yeah. That's, that's awesome. it, man. You know, you just yeah. keep like, you know, keep, keep at it. Keep, keep in the backyard with the video camera, man. That's how I started. You know, my friends we were making stop motion pictures, you know, when we were making school projects and shit like that in high school. Yeah. It's like little action figures. And... Yeah. Okay. So, Miles, we do this thing called the walk the plank. Uh, okay. I should probably preface this by saying Justin and I are going to ask you a question. May or may not be uh, aimed towards what you do or music. But more importantly, we're going to ask you a question from the last guest we had on. The, okay. the, the podcast and then you're going to get a chance to ask a question to the next guest you won't know the next guest at all, who's going to be and we're not going to tell them who's asking the question until they answer it are you good yeah yeah okay. do you want me to go first justin please by all means <laughs> what is the most unbelievable yet true excuse you have ever had for being late? And maybe this is for, for also uh, because of my tardiness today that I picked this one. But uh, let me ask it again. What is the most unbelievable yet true excuse that you've ever had for being late? I went to get my toothbrush out of my you know, a little toiletry bag because I had just recently come home from traveling and I slid my thumb open on a razor and like oh my God. slid down the middle and I had to operate a camera that day and I couldn't get it to stop bleeding. And uh, I, I was texting the producer and I was like, Hey, you're never going to believe this. I like reached into my toiletry bag, slid my thumb open on a razor and uh, it's not... Not the most interesting story, but, uh, you know. Did you go to work? Did you actually do that? Yeah, yeah. I just wrapped it up and went to work. How late were you? Uh, probably about 30 minutes. That's it? Yeah. Wow. You're, like, he's, a timely, he's a timely gentleman, folks. That is a... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> timely, totally. My question is, this, since you work kind of in the area of bloodshed, what is the oddest way you've ever accidentally hurt yourself? Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. It, I, it always say, I was reaching for my tool book, toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> it, it actually, it always happens around a toothbrush, I guess. Really? Because I was uh, brushing my teeth in the bathroom and I, I had a music video direct the next day. And it was like one of the, one of my bigger ones that I first started out here in LA. And uh, I bent over to, you know, spit in the sink and I pulled my back out. <laughs> So sorry. None of these stories are sexy, dude. I no. gotta tell you, bro. <laughs> no, it's just like I pulled my back out, you know, and that that would be the oddest way I've ever hurt myself, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. How bad did it get? I, How I, bad I, was the pull? I, I had to lay on the floor. For I, like, I swear to God, oh. with this guy, an apple a day brings a doctor his way. Yeah, exactly. It was <laughs> you, not... and two, you and dentists don't work. Nope. So, uh, that's a that's a hilarious i'll have to tell you about the time that i i threw my back out once uh at some point it was the worst situation that i've ever been in for many a days um so our question and i'll i'll tell you who's asking um 
after you answer it uh, from our previous guest is if you were beamed up to an alien ship and they were to perform experiments on you, you know, bot stuff, when you came back to Earth, would you tell anyone? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd probably yeah. call you first. <laughs> like, You're never going to guess. <laughs> Won't believe what just fucking happened to me. Bro. <laughs> yeah. I'm fully gaped right now. <laughs> That's I'm amazing. I'm, I'm dilated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take the pig out. <laughs> roasted. Okay, that's great. I'm gonna. I'm, so that was asked by Keith Wallen, the guitar player of Breaking Benjamin, as, as well as his own solo uh, stuff. And I, I thought that was a perfect question for um, a, a Miles. I, I guessed the answer, and I guessed the answer that, that you would add, and I, I think I guessed that right. Yeah. But I said yes. I said yes. <laughs> so now you get a chance to ask next week's uh, or the next guest we have uh, any question whatsoever. Man, do you know who's, do you know who the guest is going to be? You, that's the whole nope. thing, man. You don't you don't get to know. I do. Justin does. Say who would win in a wrestling match, Lemmy or God? Okay. Who? Okay. <laughs> I love it. All right. All who right. would win in a wrestling match, Lemmy yeah. or God? Yeah. Did All you ever right. come but, up uh, with your ideal uh, remake? Who's our guest? Is it going to be Michael Sweet from Striper? Yeah, yeah. Gonna yeah, yeah. He's going to have a t- he's going to have a tough time with that one. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, I don't know. I know. I'm not telling you the guest is, but that would be funny. Yeah, it would be hilarious. I'd love someone to just kind of wrestle with the idea, like "fuck," man. That's like, damn it. <laughs> He's re- like wrestling that. Yeah, with the idea. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So I think I, I think I would go for Psycho. I would I would remake Psycho. And who would you okay. cast as Anthony Perkins? Oh man. I don't, I don't know. It, see, that's, that's a tough one too. It, it would probably be somebody that nobody had ever seen or heard of, you know? Okay. Kind of like yeah. No, I think under, that's, I, yeah. Like an hey, undiscovered I, talent. I, I got a question for someone who's a director in this business. Okay. What do you think of, what do you think of Robert Eggers? I don't I don't mind them. I, I really liked um I really liked the witch, mm-hmm. right? Uh the Northman was kind of not for me. It started out strong and then just kind of like went into this like meditation on Norse culture. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was, but it also like, you know, had a lot of striking resemblance to um was it Hamlet and also the Lion King. You know, and I couldn't get out of that. You're the only person in the world that would bring the Lion King into the North. <laughs> yeah, but if you watch it, it's like, you know. Sure. The- well, you, now you start, you go, wow, you know what? He's kind of fucking right. Yeah. I mean, and that, that was it. But I, I like his films. Um, I guess he's remaking Nosferatu. Yeah, dude. And he's who's the cat that played uh, Who's the cat that played Pennywise? Uh, this- uh, Skarsgård. Yeah, he's playing. Uh, that's going to be gnarly. Yeah, that, I think it'll be great. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, didn't, I, he do the, didn't he do the one too with the uh, the lighthouse with a with a yeah. Willem yeah. Dafoe? Yeah, that was yeah. that was that was mentally deranged. Yeah, I really I really enjoyed Lighthouse. I mean, I can't find where I'm at with the whole um, concept of like people 
call his films. And uh, who's the other guy that did uh, Hereditary in Midsommar? Um, they, they call those A24 films. They're like um, Elevated Horror is like the, okay. the, the term that they use because it's kind of like art house horror, Elevated it, that, horror. that I could see. It, it was almost like a, yeah, it's like Renaissance kind of like, you know, that French cinema. Yeah, and it's like I, I can, you know, I, I really, I really enjoy those movies. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, there's, there's a place for them. I don't know if, like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not against them. That's for sure. I'm glad they exist because, yeah. you know, as long as people keep making the, the kind of darker art that I like to enjoy, that you know, I'm here for it. Yeah. Uh, what are you working on next? What's next on, on, on for you as far as like stuff you're working on? Oh man. Um, so much cool stuff. I have a, uh, a slasher film that I'm like really putting a lot of energy in right now. Um, I'm going to be shooting a trailer for that soon. Um, there's a horror film with, uh, a, a music group that I've worked with in the past that we're going to collaborate on. You can't tell us. I can't tell you. All right. And, uh, oh, we appreciate that. Well, you're, yeah. You're yeah and then, then there's kind of like this, uh, I, I would say it's kind of like an art house, uh, romantic slash horror film that I'm currently working on as well, where um, it's a love story kind of uh, crossed with the inception of a serial killer. Right, like it sounds so like Psycho. Mom. It's 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 not Psycho. Um, He's remaking Psycho. It's, it's, it's basically this guy that finds out that you know he's um, he likes killing things, but also he you know found his soulmate that kind of more or less pushes you know has him lean into it. You know, but oh, she, oh so basically, like basically supports his uh, killing. Yeah, yeah, basically. Okay. And, um, you know, I've never really seen a film like that before. So I'm, I'm interested. And are you going to call it star crossed killers? Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's going to be called like a lamb is the kind of working title. Really? Like a lamb? Like a water? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's, it's really fucked up, man. It's, you know, um, one, one thing that I read recently, um, I don't get a lot of write-ups, but when I do, um, it, it's funny. There's this company called iHorror that does reviews, and uh, you know they they wrote up a. Uh, I, I did this film called Sadie, and it's about this girl that commits suicide and goes to hell. And uh, basically, they wrote it up. They're like, yeah, and you know, in true Miles Earth fashion, like you know, there there was no happy ending. There was no saving grace, <laughs> and like that's pretty much with all of my stories, like there's never like a redeeming quality. It just like goes dark and it just gets darker. And I'm, I'm fine with that. There's nothing wrong with it. That's the, that's the cliffhanger. Right. But I love the fact that said in your, in miles tradition, basically, so that means that like, basically you have a track record with this, with this, this critic, which is yeah. always good. Cause now you're, you know, you, you are somewhere in their mind about things. So that's always good. Yeah. You know, and I, I just feel like, you know, not not everybody gets a happy ending. So and and my story is why 
I don't know. You ever been to Bangkok? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have not, no. But, uh, <laughs> I got one last question for you. Okay, what's up? Veronica or Death Rider, if I was going to watch a Glenn Danzig-directed uh, film tonight? Go with titties? Go with Death Rider. Uh, either one. That's what's up in Q. I just wanted, that's my last question. <laughs> you could probably, seriously, you could probably knock out 10 minutes of each and you'd be good. Good. <laughs> that's perfect. You know, <laughs> I've seen Dan, Danzig's an interesting guy, man. I've never gotten to meet him, but, uh, you know, he seems super. He see, obviously seems very prickly, right? He's just kind of a prick, but he's also, he's not afraid to laugh at himself. Portlandia told us he's not afraid to laugh at himself, right? And mm-hmm. the whole Ralph's carrying his cat's food or whatever to the thing was always great. Dressed in black, you know, the, the mesh shirt. Yeah. And But you know what, dude? It's Danzig and it's the misfits. It's kind of like you kind of earn that reputation to be the way you are. You yeah. Know? It's yeah. fine. It's it's Danzig. You don't. I don't want him to be a nice guy. Yeah, exactly. Fuck it up for me. Yeah, exactly, man. You know, they say don't meet your idols. I don't want to meet Danzig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, awesome. listen, Miles. Thank you, bro. We've had you for an hour, man. We we can't thank you enough for spending time with us here on Making Waves, and um, we look forward to what it is you're working on. I know you can't disclose just yet, so we'll just kind of keep an eye on things, but it's really a pleasure meeting you and talking with you about this stuff, and thanks for telling us about things you've been working on and you've worked on and, and just your opinions and ideas on music and movies, man. We really appreciate it, and thank you for helping us broaden our audience, or broaden, I'm sorry, broaden our audience by bringing this kind of creative film endeavor into it. Thanks so much. I appreciate yeah, it. Man. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Chad, we'll do this again, buddy. Uh, Sounds good. Uh, at some point. But hey, real quick, guys, before we leave, we want to go ahead and thank people who help make Making Waves happen. And that includes our, our show producer, Al McManus, our show engineer, Jennifer Zito, our show coordinator, Heather Smith, and of course, the captain, Alan Koenig. Um, we'll do this again here real soon. And we're on our way, marching towards episode 100 here shortly. So anyway, Ship Rock 2023 is sold out. We did a bunch of new additions this week of artists and bringing back comedy nights. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks. Thanks for having Bye, me. Bye, Miles. Hello everybody, I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan, and this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band 
or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The Corner of Gray Street.